0: On this episode of the After the Timeout podcast, we welcome Lauren Cadet, head JV and freshman football coach, and throws and javelin coach at Windham High School, and she is also the head JV boys basketball coach at Nassau Shaw High School in New Hampshire. We talk to Coach Cadet about coaching male athletes as a female coach, coaching through obstacles, and her inspiring life story. As always, thank you for listening to After the Timeout.
1: All right, on today's episode, we are joined by Lauren Gaudette, who is a coach of all coaches and of all seasons. Coach, uh, first of all, thank you for jumping on with us. And uh, we wanted to start with the opening tip, which is kind of your journey. Um, You know, you have a unique story and uh, you have overcome a lot of obstacles. So if you kind of just want to share a little bit of your story with our listeners.
2: Uh, Yeah. um, First first of all, I want to thank you guys uh, for having me on. You guys had some great guests and really my honor. And I'm humbled to be on the show tonight. But for the opening tip, um, I have had a a really interesting life. I was born with severe disabilities. um, Basically, day one, um, basically the doctor told my mother, she's probably not going to amount to anything. It's actually be a vegetable. And I I guess I must have cut the heart or something, but um, But no, I've I definitely overcome a lot of things. Um, And then I was a special Olympic athlete since I was eight years old. And I did that for almost 20 years. Every sport, golf, floor hockey. I did cross country skiing for a couple of years, track and field, um, bowling. I still love bowling. Um, any sport that I could do, and I still golf. Golf is my big thing. But I, I still do it. I've always been competitive. And then when I was in middle school, uh, I had a gym teacher who happened to be coaching football at the high school. And he saw how much I loved football because I watched a lot of football on the weekend. But when you're in the hospital a lot like I was, the kids shows ain't on on the weekend. I would watch all the football games, the baseball games, whatever. Um, so after that, he, said, so he invited me over to the office one day and we played a GameCube game of like Madden. And he's like, well, when you get to high school, you should be a manager. So I did. My sophomore year, I went to high school my sophomore year uh, with the manager and I've been coaching football ever since. Um, graduated high school in 2007. I went up coaching football at my alma mater for quite a few years after that. And then a few years after that, I was still playing basketball. And I asked the coach, Mike, can I coach basketball too? So like, yeah, sure. And so I got to coach um, basketball like two, three years after I, after I graduated. And then um, the whole time I was coaching track the whole time because I threw discus and javelin in high school and my coach is like, you're going to come coach for me. Okay. And so I've been coaching ever since I've had a couple of stops along the way, um, in football in basketball. I actually got the same school for a couple of years and then I left to where I am now, which is that, um, I mean, associate assistant varsity head coach, um, and I had JV freshman coach for Wyndham basketball the I had JV coach right now at Nashville South my alma mater and then i'm actually just started coaching track at Wyndham, so that's where i am now and if you look me up on my twitter i, I did post a um a biography channel news thing that was done on me about three four years ago so if you want an even more detail about what i went through you can click on that so that's where i am right now but it's kind of a long-winded way winded answer i
0: guess you are definitely you are definitely busy coach um So I I wanted to transition. So you're you're coaching everything, you played everything. Um, Talk about communicating with today's athlete, right? Uh, Especially football. Football, you know, communication's really big. Every sport, football, you got to have it right, right? You got to have the play right, you know, know what route you're running, know what blocking scheme, whatever it may be. And, And communication with today's athletes has changed quite a bit probably even since all of us were were younger, right? There's social media, there's all this stuff. Uh, So maybe like some of the things you've just noticed about the changes in how coaches and athletes are communicating and maybe some of the keys, especially for someone switching from multiple sports, right? Communicating with athletes of all different kinds of sports.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think, um, I think when it, when it comes to communication in general, I, I think it comes down to two things and they don't involve any communication and that's um, your authenticity to being yourself and also how you connect with them. I, I think a really thing is that, you know, some people call it, you know, being disrespectful, you know, I'm putting quotes in You have to earn their right. You have to earn their trust to be able to teach them and to communicate with them. And that's like my thing from day one. Hey, how you doing? But I think if you have that type of connection, then it'll be very easy to communicate with them. And especially like you said with social media, you know, their mind can be off this and they have to worry about this now and worry about that. You know, if you can just have their connection and have their focus, I really don't think communication has changed all that much. I just think it's their attention and their focus and be like, okay, Coach, I want to listen to you. I'm listening to you. And then also, are we listening to them? That's my big key. I'm listening to them like, okay, what do you think about this? And uh, maybe they a good question. I think a lot of things is like, they're sometimes afraid to ask, coach, what does this mean? I'm so big on terminology and communication. Like I do walkthrough every week um, in football. And, and I, I need to do that more in basketball. But I mean, also with my throwers, like I go to and talk about, okay, this is what I mean when I say this. It is what I mean when I talk about this. Um, and I think it's a sort of—I don't want to say it's a blank statement, but I think sometimes if, because we're not working on terminology enough, or we only do it once, they're not going to remember all that in you know two three weeks time. So I don't—I don't want to say people aren't doing it. I think sometimes they're not making sure that, and I've done this myself. I had to be like, okay, I haven't talked about this in a couple of weeks. I need to talk about it again. So. I think once you sort of have the connection, and then once you're able to explain your basic core philosophy and the basic core things about the sport, then it's gonna be very easy to communicate. I don't think the actual process of communication have changed. Our games have been so overstructured now to attempt. Like everything has a name, everything does this. Um not most of us can agree on what it is. So I think once you kind of get the terminology down and get the connection down. You can communicate with anybody. That's my I really
1: opinion. like what you said about just being your authentic self and, and building relationships. I think those are, are really key to any kind of communication with any kind of young people. Um, with, with that being said, you know, one, one of the big things for me as somebody that's studying the, with their master's degree in social work um, is, is athlete mental health. Um, you know, and I think mental health is, is such a key topic today uh, in this day and age, especially um, kind of, kind of talk to our listeners a little bit about maybe some things you do to, um, kind of promote mental health within your athletes. And then also kind of some, some things you do to just make sure your athletes are doing okay during the season. Cause that's a stressful time.
2: Uh, it is. And, um, I, I'm going to kind of cut back to a, a past episode. You talked to my good friend, uh, coach with coach Kavanaugh that's essential coaching. Um, I, I talk to Coach Cavanaugh every week, and I, I really um, enjoy talking with him, and, you know, they talk about having, you know, a climate, um, not just a culture, but a climate of, you know, psychological safety, and and I think you have to be that way, and I think kind of start with us being, okay, hey, you know, maybe there's some days I'm not doing well. Like, I will up to practice and, hey, I had a rough day today, you know, like, I'm not afraid to say I'm having a rough day or you know, I had a frustrating day at work. Like if they see that this strong tough person in front of them having a bad day too, that right there will just be almost calm to a lot of guys. And I can talk to them and say, hey, what is what's going on? And and I think like that way and you know, that's sort of being that sort of authentic piece. Then once they know that they can talk about it with you, I I think that I think that's the whole thing. So many, so many kids and even adults nowadays, myself included, we feel like we, that when we talk to the person in front of us, is not going to understand what we're going through. Even though we all have, I'd probably say most of us, if not 95%, have all had a feeling that someone else has had. And it, it's, it's, it's part of that thing, it's part of that where do I want to talk about this? Do I need to talk about this? And I think once we kind of get rid of the question of, yeah, we can talk about it. We should talk about it. I, I think that's, that's going to be a big first step. But there's just so many different messages going out there nowadays. And, you know, I'm constantly learning about mental health all the time. And the one thing that changed my life on it was reading What Made Maddie Run. I, I don't know if you guys have read that. I highly recommend that book. If you have not read that book, buy it now. I mean, write this up and go to Amazon, buy it. I cried after reading that book. So it it just had a hard impact on me. I'm saying, I hope hope I've never had my athletes feel that way. And and I was talking about, no listening. Like I think a lot of these kids are giving us those hints and clues and they're talking to us about it. Maybe they're joking about it. Like, I I mean, how many times do y'all laughed about something like that? But are they really being serious about it if they're laughing at all? So I think sometimes we need to like, not just listen but hear them, I think. And also look at their body language. I'm a huge body language fan. I love reading about body language. And I've caught a lot of different body languages over the years. So, hey, you know what? I mean? Come here. And then I would bring them over a meeting, after practice, middle of practice, whatever it is, and stuff like that. When we talk about communicating, I think majority of the time, they are communicating to us. But we have to be like, do I want do I need to talk about this? Do I want to talk about this with them? And, and I'll check in, say, hey, how you doing? So I think there has to be, I think there's a lot of communication on both ways. Are we listening to each other? Me to them and them to me. Um, and that's basically how I try to gauge how they're doing for the day and how they're doing for that practice. So,
1: Real, real quick, Coach, before I know Todd wants to move on to the next question. What was that book? What, what? what made
2: Maddie's run?
1: What made Maddie run? All right, thank you, Coach. Uh, it
2: ahead. was about it was about um a female uh cross country one, I think, at a uh, UPenn. Um in that was Spain, I think, to work for ESPN. Um went, had like access to her phone and an email and a computer, and literally like gone through everything. Um you kind of got like that And, the, you know, in I actually have the book behind me, I have a bookshelf behind me here. Um mm-hmm. it's on that and I wanted to explain to be somebody else. I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, but yeah, what made Maddie run? I think it should be, if I were to create a course on coaching, that book is first book of the semester, or at least in the first semester somewhere. Um, yeah, and it's really, it's really, um, it, 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 and it's an insight that I think every coach should look at.
0: So I'm gonna flip it a little bit here because I think this question ties in um so you talk or you're talking to your athletes and and, you know you're reading body language and you're like you know hey something's not right right now we kind of have to to work through that um Mm
1: -hmm.
0: when you never know like you I always look at it as you you may see it as it's not like a big deal but it might be a big deal to them so how how can we help our athletes develop you know, some resilience and and ways to deal with adversity. Um, and I would guess, I would say same thing for coaches too, right? Because a lot of times, like you said, has to be the big, strong, you know, person in the front yeah. of the room, and they don't necessarily let on that, hey, I got stuff going on at home with my kids, work, whatever, whatever it may be. So what are some of the things you do with your athletes and maybe your, your colleagues to build some of that, You know, first of all, like resilience, right? Uh, Cause that's a big, and then how skills to deal with adversity.
2: Um, I, I think, you know, I think sort of dealing with adversity it's finding a way to, I'm trying to find a way. I don't want to use the word like compartmentalize, like that, that, that sounds like an evil word to me, but like sometimes dealing with adversity it's just listening to them. Sometimes they just need somebody to talk to. And once they get that off their chest and that weight is off their shoulders, they can keep walking forward. That, that, my thing is just take one step forward at a time. Put one foot in front of the other. You know, that Christmas movie, I love that stuff. But then um, they'll be walking out the door. Uh, and it you have to have, sometimes you don't know what to say. And, and that, sometimes that's fine. Say, hey, you know what? I'm here for you. You have anything else? Text me. I've had those midnight, you know, one in the morning texts. You know that. Like, hey, this is that. Like, okay, but I don't sleep much. So. Um, and it did that way, and you know, sometimes sort of teaching that. Okay, I got this going on. Okay, like, how can we focus sort of on back the ball, and how can we, you know. How can I use it that's not impacting me as much and then be able to deal with it, have somebody else actually help them deal with it later? I'm not a trained therapist. I would like to be bent one day, maybe. But um, but sometimes just saying, hey, you know, I got this going on. And they're telling you that sometimes that's worth its weight in gold, you know, that they're not keeping that secret to themselves. Which for a lot of the cases I've had, they're keeping it even from their best friend or maybe only their best friends know because they've seen it. Um yeah, not saying you have to counsel them or anything, but just like talk to them, say, okay, hey, say okay, how are you feeling today? You know, how can you help them get kind of what through the day? And um it yeah, I mean, every everything's so different. It kind of depends on what goes on. But um, yeah, I think I think just listening is the, the best thing you can do. Okay, if you don't know how to answer whatever question it is. And, Make sure everybody on the team in the circle that you need to talk to is involved. I'm a JV coach. So I haven't really had major situations I think my boss handled that, but I've had conversations with guys about what's going on at home. Okay, hey, this happened today. I go, okay, well, cause I don't talk to 30 at night. So yeah, my my number one tip is sometimes you have to be there and just listen. They so don't have to say anything. You can just say, hey, I'm here for you. you know. My thing, I say every day is I appreciate you. I appreciate you guys, and I say it to them every day when I can. You know, just to kind of have that uh thing, and you know, and that you know, hopefully, and hopefully, I am helping them at the end of the day. with yeah, uh, it's uh, it's, it's something I constantly think about.
0: I think you mentioned something important too of the simple thing of just checking in, right? It's not just coaches, but friends, family members. I think it's just a good. Uh, life life they just check in with check in with the people you, people you care about. Uh, so I want to transition a little bit now to the the coaching aspect. Uh, and this was interesting to me because you're involved in coaching so many different things and very different things. you know football mm-hmm. is is very different from basketball and, and, and throws and track and field is very different from from any of that right? There's a lot mm-hmm. there's more. Uh, physical technique and, and, and things like that, right. Where you have to be on point. Um, so I wanted to talk to you about your, your coaching education and, and your learning um, and increasing your knowledge in those things. Uh, what are some of the things you do? Um, you know, maybe besides clinics and things like that, because right, we all kind of do that, but what are the things, some things you really like to do to find that information and then, and then carry it onto your, your programs? Um,
2: so my thing is, I don't do clinics actually, <laughs> um, I don't have time. Football clinics in the spring, I'm coaching in the springtime. I can't go to Boston when I have a meet the next day. Like,
0: right. but,
2: no um, I absolutely loved when we were all quarantined. Those online clinics, I bought those $25 tickets. I like got probably spent like $200 in ticket type of thing, you know, and be able to watch the replays. Like, yeah, we wanna be off the Zoom, I need the Zoom, like, I don't, I can't go anywhere. Um, So I really love that. I love going on YouTube. I would type it and and be like, I wanna learn about this today. And on my YouTube subscription list, I have two separate lists basically. I have my music thing, and then I have all my sports thing. Seriously, I found somebody who recorded all of the Finnish basketball um, uh, clinics, I found the Slovenian Basketball Association. Uh, I found FIBA. FIBA did a whole bunch of uh, clinics back in the day. I found all those, I've a bunch of those. Um, it's amazing what you can find on the internet. Uh, so I just, usually what I do is, let, let me say it's track season right now. I actually work a bit more on football in the springtime. So I'm getting ready for football. And then once the summer rolls around, I start looking at the basketball. Um, I should have my little, routine that I do, but also what I like to do is take one specific thing, whether it's a philosophy, it's a coach, it's a specific defensive system, offensive system, I just focus on that. Like one year I did the dribble drive. I literally got every dribble drive stuff I could get my hand on. I had I had enough money in my uh, personal development stuff and I bought all the Vance Wahlberg stuff. Um, so I kind of do that. Uh, one year, I just studied the wing team for now because we had three teams in our division that runs the wing team. So I know a lot of things about the wing team. Um, I've done air raid. I've done, and now I'm working more on defense because I'm an offensive coach. Um, defense is not my uh, strongest suit. So I, I work a lot on that, but that's really easy for me. And then also, I happen to know a lot of coaches, uh, college coaches in my area, especially for throwing. Um, and I just talk with people about, especially if they're a little older than me and they've been more experienced than me, like, what do you think about this? Asking questions to anybody. I think it's the best clinic you can have. Just having a conversation with other people. And it's like, hey, I've done this before. Well, somebody say, hey, this coach told me about this. And I'm like, ah, I love that idea. So that's me, it's the easiest way to learn. I mean, sure, you can go to clinics, but YouTube, uh vimeo uh championship production stuff stuff like that i think they're really cool but to me just talking to people like in this session round table um we, we've all we all have that coach that says hey i'm zooming tonight who wants to go on me if it's on like a saturday night nine o'clock hey i'm home i'm home hey let me in so i, I like that kind of stuff too you you can't learn without other people that's what i say they can't learn they're, they're gonna learn from you you should learn from other people to help them learn this stuff as well. So, yeah, I don't know if anyone else has any other ideas than that, but that's to me. So, yeah, my coach for throwing is in the NHIAA Hall of Fame, and he's been coaching for 20-some odd years. He still coaches now, and I will call him, hey, what do you think about this? <laughs> and I will show him a video. Like, I meet with them and show him a video of one of my throwers and hit the, hey, you know, you two think about this. i like, okay. So, yeah, I talk to people all the time, and people ask me questions all the time. And I like that. I like being able to help anybody. So no, nothing to speak with me. You're going to know what I'm going to do. And I'm, I'm going to just keep you and beat you that way. All
1: right. So I want to tweak this question a little bit. Um, you know, Todd and I both played football and, and basketball and baseball and,
2: um, mm-hmm. you know, just
1: having an experience as a lot of athletes. But I, I kind of want to tweak this one a little bit. So I'm I'm gonna make you, I'm gonna make you a couple of different head coaches for a minute. You're a head okay. football coach starting now. You know, you just talked about a bunch of X's and O's systems. I'm curious, you can give yourself your ideal personnel, X's and O's. What would you run offensively? What would you run defensively? Let's start with football.
2: I already know football. Like I am dead, dead on that. Uh, if I my dream offense is the split back the. Oh. Uh, I love option football. We run option football at the school I'm at. It's the greatest equalizer on the planet. And by the way, the best rushing offense of all time in the streak, the longest streak, was is by Oklahoma, they were running a wishbone. With the spread, the explosion of passing offenses, they cannot win more games than Oklahoma did. I think it was 43 straight games in the 70s, something like that. Um, so, yeah, and my defense is 3-4. Uh, Tight or something. What's called the mint package, which basically you just take out the in the basic that you take out your strong outside linebacker and you put a safety in there. That's what Georgia run uh, for the most part, and uh, Alabama starting to dabble in that a bit more. But yeah, um. But my thing is, I'm gonna put my best personnel on the field, so I I try to do more like ideas and not exactly like schemes. So. Like I'm I I want to have setting up my defense to where everybody had the same type of rule and thing up front. So I may be a three-four. But what if I have two no tackles that I need on the field? Okay, but I go pick a linebacker. i put a big dude in there. Okay, outside linebackers rules don't really change. I just have maybe one outside linebacker. Or maybe have two inside linebackers and one linebacker. I'm in a four-two-five. Or I'm a four-three. <laughs> um or four four. I take out a safety and put in another linebacker, I'm in a four-four but it's the same kind of uh, techniques up front, same blitz names, all that stuff. But then also with my split back view, if I have a quarterback, I have a run and shoot section to my playbook because it's only four plays, really. Um, I can still run buck three, but I can still run dives and traps out of that. I can get rid of the option to throw the ball around.
1: Well, no, I, I got it. And then
2: I have, I have to have a BYU West Coast offense section to my playbook. So if I have a gun, then guns for a quarterback, uh no, yeah. We're putting in the track and we will playing the ball. But everybody kind of knows what they're doing.
1: Well, wait, um, I gotta I gotta ask you what movie, uh what famous movie talks about the split uh the split veer, Coach?
2: Uh remember the Titan It looks like Nova King. That's
1: right. I was uh, just gonna quote it for you. Just give it time, always works. Well it,
2: well, the most successful coach, uh, one of the most successful coaches in the country is um JC Curtis in Louisiana. They've been running it for God knows how long and they've I like, think they half like they've won half. I think they've been in like almost every title game for the last 30 years. So All right, they so to put back me on the three-four defense. So,
1: so same question. Yeah, I make you a head basketball coach starting tomorrow. What are you running offensively? What are you running defensively? Uh
2: dream scheme of thing. There'll be uh, the Jay Wright Villanova offense, at least with the, you know, drive, you got two guys, kick it out. Um, with maybe some Princeton offense type that uh, I've always loved the Princeton, but I want to be able to run European ball screen type stuff. Not the, not the motion offense. Maybe if I have two guys, two post players. That's my dream to have two post players because uh, you will never, I don't know if you can convince me otherwise, that championship teams are one with a post player. Can you name the last NBA team that won with five guards on the floor? Never,
1: no, that's,
2: that's true. Uh, they that's, don't that's, have to score 15 points a game. Draymond, uh, didn't Pat that the won with uh Toronto?
1: This is true.
2: Um, well, uh, do you think Michael Jordan won without Horse Grant and those guys? So, right, Horse Grant, are those guys? Well, Tequila Neo, Tequila Neo, I'm a bit of a historian without a without a sport, so um. In fact, I have a picture on my phone of a 50s lackey javelin throw up in the 50s. So that javelin throwing hasn't changed in 100 years. But, um, yeah, I'm a bit of a sort of historian. I want to be able to run the ball. Um, I want to be able to actually – I like to hold the hold the ball on offense when we have the ball in both football and basketball. The, the, the football coach to me is like, I don't want to give a team an extra possession. So I love winning games 22-16, 7 nothing. I still won the game, you know um keep the basketball game in the 40s like I tell my guys it's easier to win scoring 40 than scoring 50. If you ever score 50 you're probably giving up more points than the other team but doesn't mean I want to play slow so cut the ball throw it I want to run with pace get the ball throw it out there make the defense play defense but then if we don't have it reverse the ball run offense and pass it around and play great defense I mean, I, I, I kind of keep my defense as simple as possible. and just outwork people on defense, and um, defense has kept me in a lot of games over the years. So um, even though I'm an offensive coach, work hard on defense, and great things will happen for you. Full-court man-to-man, I would like, but I do want to be able to throw a zone out there. And if we can't we'll go man-to-man, one three one, two three 3 zone. <laughs> Had to put in a 2-3 zone last year with the JV team, and it sort of you know, gave us a little renewed life on defense, so. Multiple defenses, a little bit of multiple offense. Again, depends on my personnel. Um, I prefer to play three guards, two two three three out, two in, the four out one in. If I have to go five out, okay. I will make it a way to make it work. It'll probably only be like point series. Uh, I got the new Baylor video for championship production, the second role, and they like to keep their guy high. So I'm like, okay, threat four. I'll play offense with a stretch four. <laughs> Knock it down for me, please. So yeah, you're not gonna see me without a post player ever. So my I actually had a freshman team I had two years ago, had one kid 6'4 and the other 6'5. Never on the floor without a big guy. And I ended up having them again this year at the JV level, but oh yeah, I already have a lot of my ideas planned out. I'm more ideas than team because I'm kind of one of those where everything's kind of the same, that the window dressing's different. Um, you no, know, everybody runs the target screen, everybody can run an elevator screen. Like that hasn't changed. That that really the skiing part of things haven't changed in any sport in the last 50 years. Just how the window jet is a little different. And I like to be able to make it look funny for you. But it's, it's not a, easy for me.
1: It it's too bad you don't have any energy, coach. You're just so flat when you talk about it.
2: Yeah. Um, and then oh yeah, I'm 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 excited. I can talk X's and O's all day. Um, I, I I really study like back in the day, like one of my favorite videos on YouTube is, uh, I want to say the 1968, uh, one of my favorite playbooks in football is the 1968 Iowa State single wing playbook, and then I found a highlight film from like 1962, and I'm like, oh, that play is that play, that was 12 feet. so that was 94, like I can actually see them drawn up and read them running it, so yeah, that's pretty fun.
1: So let's build on that a little bit. So give our listeners maybe one thing that a basketball coach could learn from a football coach and one thing a football coach could learn from a basketball coach.
2: Uh, Yeah, I have been thinking about this question over the last whole day because I'm trying to find a way to make it seem to make sense without insulting anybody. So I think what a basketball coach to be very... Surprised about is, at least for me, I can teach everything about a down block and a double team, but there's like different pieces to the double team, and okay, if this guy starts to do this, now I have to do this, then now the running back has to make this lead, right? And the fullback on a power play, the banana block, the banana pack, okay, what happens when this guy does this? So how I to equate that in basketball is, now I don't, I don't think this, what I'm going to say is a knock on anybody. Basketball is a very fluid game. Football is not a fluid game. It's an archaic okay game in a sense, it's a barbaric game. But it's still a lot of detail. Can, I, I'm not entirely sure if people are interested in talking about, let's just say about a down screen, a simple pin down screen. I can talk about a pin down screen by itself for half an hour. Like, that's my football coach to me. Like, okay, they're running this play. These guys are blocking it this way. The running back is looking at this hole. Okay, what's going to happen if I decide to, if we decide to, you know, break this thing down and make it go outside? What's the answer to that, right? So that's my little detail thing. So when I coached basketball, when I was a scout for a long time, like I was scouting before I actually got my first, you know, head coaching job in, in there, and uh, I could tell you what they're doing with their feet, with their hands. Um, where do they like to take some shots on offense. And that stems to me from my, my football days. I can remember a step play. So if we were to watch the basketball game right now and I see a step play, I can draw it on almost, almost completely right from memory. And that's because I have to have all that detail from football. And basketball is a very fluid game. It's a very fast-paced game. It's a very fluid game. Football is a very slow game. And a three-hour NFL game is only about six minutes of action. Everything is Okay, play done. I called the offense for the festing team. I'm like, okay, I got 25 seconds to think about, okay, I just thought this. I just did this. Okay, I'm going to run this play next. i give it to my quarterback. And he gives it to the line. I kind of think the same thing in basketball. I'm like, okay, this just happened. This just happened. Okay, well, how are we going to make that adjustment to this? Um, I don't want to say basketball is not detailed. I think basketball can learn a little bit more from actually just breaking down the little tiny pieces of an offense or defense. Um, I'm actually kind of believer that zone and man defenses aren't that different. They're exactly the same. <laughs> exactly the same. If you were to take the TV and pause it, can you tell what defense there is? No. So not sort of like my simplicity to the game. And I actually kind of bring that simplicity to football as well. I said, hey, sometimes you just have to get that double team and take them that way. There's nothing I can teach you different to take care of him and go in the end zone. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's my thing here. Bring that back to Boston, particularly the football, and also bring a little bit of that small detail um, there. And I talk about a down screen. I can tell you, uh, I got this from Bob Knight actually in a video. There's five things that can happen on a down screen. And uh, so, you can obviously get the cut and shoot with the guy, with the cutter, cutter across to the basket, and the screen popped out. Uh, also, the cutter can cut to this, get to the screen and then back off into a little fade. Catch. Oh, we have the second cut from the screener. Okay. Now, what little details can we do? Talk about this. How you set up your guy as your cutter. Okay. Are you, are you taking him a little lower? Or are you coming into him? Maybe he's like trying to deny you. Okay. Take him in a little lower and then you're going to come up. Oh, get into him like you're gonna get the ball and then come off screen. Okay, now maybe you're a screener. You're a screener, you have to read. You have to read the cutter the defender. Is he way off and he's gonna take a quick cut on you? but like you're not even gonna set your screen, you gotta set your screen a little earlier and, and you know, adjust your body. Uh, we ran the flex offense in this program and I said, you gotta headhunt your guy, gotta headhunt him. You can't just stand there and take the screen. You're gonna have to adjust down to right here, you have to read the screener guy and see the screener. Uh, he made, he's, he's giving you a lane, gotta use it. So I talk about, I asked some of you basketball coaches, like, can you that one part of an offense into every little piece? And I think that's the football coach in me. I, I don't know about that. And again, I'm not trying to say like, it's basketball is not a detailed game, it's a very detailed game, but like, I can just talk about it downstream. I can talk about a flex cut, Shut a flex cut. I would just work on just a flex cut. And I have a video on my phone where we literally were out of the off and We were in a motion. We finally got everything back together. One shot. The kid screamed his own man. <laughs> <Play up. laughs> so um, I think football, a basketball coach can learn a lot from go, go follow your football team for a couple of weeks. Go to every practice, go to game we see what the breakdowns we do and how we, we break down the structure, practice structure individual time, you know, seven on seven inside one period. I, I like I'm trying to add this stuff to me, because I'm working on practice planning for myself. And yeah, how can you, how can we keep things moving, but yet still do a lot of teaching in a small amount of time. So I think that it's an inherent to football. I think that's really apparent in football than the basketball. And again, with the fluidity of basketball, it can be very hard to pin down all the little details that we want to talk about. And uh, I, I make I, I do a lot of two on two, three on three to talk about those little details with them. So that's a long answer. I hope I didn't lose anybody, but that's how the sports can happen to me. so that, that's how I see the game. Where the feet? How the screen or angle looking? And sometimes I can say, hey, if he's angled this way, he's going to run this way every time. So, and I can be like, and then I can call a play out before a team's doing it because I'm a huge scouting person. I got up in football. My like, hey, they're going to run this. Hey, they're running this. And I can call out a play out. And then I go. So, yeah, that's me. So, yeah, that's, that's how I see, that's how I think both sports can learn from each other.
0: All right, so... In the game of football at every level now, there's a growing number of female football coaches, which is awesome, at every level now. Um, But how do we continue to improve that diversity, not only female, male, you know, vice versa, typical, you know, jobs that are, like, football's always been associated with Mm -hmm. for whatever reason, you know, and... And, you know, and minorities as well how do we continue to improve that diversity in, in all of our professions right because everywhere you go there's very distinct this is how it's always been roles
2: i, I think there's uh, three parts to it i think the first part is like ask female we're pretty like hey help each other out but i think you know i think i think some girl ladies they can't be afraid to ask i mean i got coaching basketball because i knew the basketball coach, said, hey I want to, I want to coach basketball because yeah, he was actually my sister's English teacher and I actually went to school and I've known him a long time, but I'm hang out with the jocks in school. I know I'm really well. So imagine if I didn't say, hey, I want to coach basketball. I wouldn't be coaching basketball or football. So um, that's the first part. I think the second, I have, to, I have two parts actually. second part is taking that chance on somebody. It It's easy to take a chance unlike somebody we know. Uh, and like, uh, hey, come join. I mean, it's still a lot of good old boys club when it comes to this. It's, all about, it's not about who you know, it's who knows you. Um, and again, I mean, how I got my freshman job three years ago was I was working at another school for another coach. And, I and a good friend of mine took from the boys' JV job and got the girl's bicycle job. I'm hanging out with him. And my old boss comes in. My neighbor. He said, I want to talk to you. I met him like a week later. And said, I want to give you the freshman job, and you are the only person I'm asking. I said, sure, I I've thought about it on a week for about a week, two weeks. And I said, Yeah, yeah, sure, i sure, take it. So so yeah, like I think people shouldn't be, you know, afraid to be like, hey, I want to give this person a chance. But, but I think some girls need to, you know, kind of stick their foot in the door and say, Hi. <laughs> I think there's a lot of people out there who are kind of like, Am I enough? Do I want to? Yes to do. Yes to do. Go 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 get it. Go get it. And you can't be afraid to go get what we want. You know? And I think it's a little bit of that. And I also think anybody who's looking for something different can't be afraid to say, hey, I want to give this person a chance. So um I think it's that simple. And then, you know, give us give everybody a chance like you would give anyone else and you know, give us the responsibility like anyone else, and you know. And, and, uh, and the best, the best might happen for you, you know, find the best person on the staff and, uh, and best person for your team. So, I mean, I, I'm always looking to improve myself and to get a better version of myself every day and just like any other coach would.
1: All right. So kind of just to, to finish that topic off, just maybe a little bit of a different viewpoint, you know, for you, um, you know, it, is there ever a challenge in, in coaching boys, and whether it's football or basketball or, or track, or, you know, obviously just, uh, you know, they probably had mostly men coaches in their day. Uh, they, have you ever had a challenge coaching the guys?
2: Um, I don't know if I call it a challenge. It's not that I always get those eyebrows. Mm-hmm. She knows football, she knows basketball. And then basically after I throw down that first perfect spiral, right at the end of my fingertip on like a bubble screen or something, or on a slant, yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm in it. But uh I would to take the chance to get to know them and them to know me. Like I'm I'm not the kind of person where I'm gonna put on this facade of like I know more. Than you. Um, I'm always gonna say hey, I wanna help you get better, and 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 just sort of have a sort of. Have a regular type of, you know, correspondence. They're gonna have a coach would have, and I've studied a lot, and hopefully, um, hopefully they'll, you know, believe me and accept me for who I am, and, and and I'm I don't hide who I am. I'm 33 years old for the sake of the conversation, and my favorite singer of all time is John Denver. Okay, I listen to John Denver, Jim Croce, James Taylor. Okay, I and I was listening to John Denver before I came on. Okay, I was listening to Don McClain, you know, it's Vincent and I Love You So, and I don't listen to American Pie too long. Um, I listen to Buddy Holly, you know, like I'm unashamed to myself. And then I, and I ought to be like, hey, what can you teach me? Okay, like I don't them to teach me the latest dance craze, right? Then I'm still stuck on the Whitney, okay, which is like what, 10 years ago now? Uh, I th- I've been learning how to do the gritty I'm kind of known in for falling basketball, my two step at school for my gritty okay and I'm so and I have to do it at my school that I work at the so three separate gritty. I'm known for my gritty okay I, I'm to you guys like I'm I, so yeah'm I'm, I'm not afraid to kind of have a little bit of fun and you know maybe make a fool of myself like anyone else um so but yeah one they understand that one i played basketball and two, I've been coaching football for a long time now. And I think, I think but at the same time, not the same for everybody. Like if you can't, if you don't know the game enough to teach it, you're not going to have any connection. You're going to have a challenge coaching them anyway. So I don't really think it's particularly new, but um, yeah, I'm pretty confident. I'm very authentic with myself. I'm not changing any day soon. So yeah, you get what you get. And uh and I have to have a whole lot of fun doing it and uh and hopefully they have a good time doing it too. And I can teach them not just football, but have a long view of how you use football and back to on track to be successful off the court, off the field. And uh that's my number one goal at the end of the day. Not just to make athletes, but to have great to make great student athletes that are gonna go off and do you know bigger and better things in their lives, no matter what they do, whether they go to school, college, or whether they, you know, be stay at home, whatever. So that's my goal as a coach. It's not necessarily to come out place play sports. and um, and I made that clear. And I made that clear. Like I'm here to help you guys be the best version of yourself. So, and I have to I have to do that for myself too.
0: I see a, a social media video of you doing the gritty next
2: year. Get I, on I, that. I, yeah, after I have One of my uh pet football, football players posted it on here. I have to have a couple of text. like parents. Parents were like. <laughs> we're like, oh, video tape, sending it to me. like, here coach, I got it for you. I'm like, oh, thanks. Yeah, I send it to you. I sent it to you. I'm pretty, yeah. And uh, yeah, well, the last game of the year for the freshman team before we had our jamboree, it was a heck of a football game. Back and forth, you know, we had uh, we had two goal lines stopped on defense, a blocked punt that went for safety. And we had a, we had a, a double reverse pass with touchdown, I get with an awesome game, and uh, we got out of headshot line all of a sudden. I thought, gritty, gritty, gritty. I'm in the middle, did a gritty. We all had a great time, and uh, oh, yeah, apparently, stuff of legends now. So.
0: That's awesome. All right, so we want to transition to our last two segments here. First one is 30 second timeout. Uh, anything you want to talk about, any subject, whatever is important to you, um. It's your dance floor, uh, very loose 30 seconds, um, you know? So, you know, whatever whatever you feel like is important and you wanna get to our listeners, just go right ahead.
2: Okay, uh, I have thought about this today and I was watching it today. I think British television is way better than American television in every way, shape, or form whatsoever, okay? I was watching, I had watched like three, three episodes of Father Brown today. Now I was watching the show by Alan Davis and I watch QI every night. So um even though I'm gonna go watch Law and Order when we're done. Um, give me Father Brown, give me uh no Inspector Morse. Uh but my favorite show is actually an Australian TV show called the Dr. Blake Mystery. Okay. So any drug, crime drama, comedy, written better. Bi- bi-
0: bi- I believe that's the first job. I don't... Uh... That
1: is the first. We have never had a British television shout out. I like it. That's I, I,
0: awesome.
2: I have football. Now a little
1: All right. Yeah, so, you've you a
2: favorite TV show. I'm putting my favorite TV shows out there. So,
1: we want to move on to our last segment, which is Quick Hitters, which is just our opportunity to talk a little sports and a little coaching, but also just some random topics, have some fun with our guests. So, um, we wanted to start off with your best trick play in football.
2: Hmm. Uh, trick play in football, uh, it kind of be, but I, I love me a good free flicker.
1: Okay.
2: Uh, you know when I like to run the ball, So If you can get a tear the head the back, and uh, yeah, the, the one the one play that we ran in the last game was essentially a free flicker. I watched the film the next day, and the guy was like, "Okay, guys, what we'll play?" They knew exactly which clip why like, all right here you go. So I like a good fleet flicker, I like a good reverse. Um I feel more like like a double pass, too. Anything then requires the next pass, I'm, I'm I'm pretty good with that. So
0: I, I once ran the Statue of Liberty in a, in, a, in a freshman football game. That was that was kind of fun. <laughs> Stole it right from Boise State right after they did it. Like, oh let's mm-hmm. let's run that. All right, so uh, you can pick either sport, basketball, uh, track, whatever, uh, football. What is your uh, pre-game routine?
2: Pre-game routine? I'm, uh, I'm, I'm kind of interesting. I don't need an extremely long routine, but I like sort of having my routine of like, okay, I'm going through here. I flip a switch. I'm literally like a flip switch. I just flip my twitch, and, you know, usually before the game, about a minute and a half, two minutes, a minute and a half. Um, in basketball, the budget goes out about one minute before um, the game starts. I'm pacing the sideline, kind of, you know, getting my breathing in. Maybe I have a song in my head. um, kind of keep me calm, cool, and collected. because I can be pretty, yeah, Ooh, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, like, but I also kind of, like, I let my kids kind of set their own routine because I don't think it's anybody's routine. But usually I'm on the sideline. I'm, you know, I'm having a good time, shutting it up. And then once it's game time, I flip the switch and, yeah, yeah I'm in, I'm in. Um, I've been an athlete for so long. It doesn't take, doesn't take me long to get into you know, what I call a uh, witch mode. Change the W to a different letter. Uh, I'm I'm like the world's most competitive person. Like I can, if, if I lose, I can't eat. I can't eat. I can't socialize with anybody. Like I gotta go home. <laughs> you know. Um, but if we win, um, I'm you know I like to humble it up and say hey, good job, and uh, you know have some fun with that. So, yeah, that's my that's my routine. You know. I don't really call it a routine. Once the game start? Uh, I'm, I'm in, I'm in.
1: All right. So you, you just kind of mentioned some music. So what's like the, it's like the hype song, Coach? What, what are you listening to to, to get just hyped up? Um.
2: Normally I have a song kind of keep me low. Like, huh? you know, yeah, you I don't. Know, I don't my know. Head, you know, like Fire and Rain. Someone but if. Couple songs are gonna get me going. It'd be like um I can't remember the song, but I think it's um like sweet child of mine. anything like that can get me uh completely hyped up. Uh, you know, or you maybe even onto the stand man. But my problem is under the stand man a bit too long, it's about three minutes too long. You know, like before you get to that ending, but yeah, whatever. Whatever the kids get hyped up, I love music. I am very musically inclined, so yeah. Anything that had a good beat, I'll, I'll hop along to it. I'm no.
1: gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb, coach, and say you don't really need a lot of help getting hyped up. Just gonna mm-hmm. throw that out there.
2: I'm 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 in. Once once it's game day and we're like getting ready for the game, like in the fourth quarter, the freshman game or whatever. I'm in it. I'm like I'm ready up, like and so. You know, I can I can kind of switch on and off between having a little fun and then getting into game mode and I like cracking a joke in a mirror game. You now something happens, you know, i will be like, hey, you know, I'm gonna do this. <laughs> like you have to be able to laugh at yourself, even when you're being serious. So hey, I'm I'm not too uh I'm not too uh, you know that crazy on myself. But yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm already ready to go. I, I roll out of the like I go play golf. I don't know, I'm gonna practice on the game five minutes, boom, I'll have my short game in. They're like, how do you do that? I'm like, I practice every day. I don't need to get ready I practice every day. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, I, I'm also the one that practices my halftime feats in the mirror. And, okay. like, I kind of get a sense of how a game's going to go. And then I, like, I think about the halftime feet in the second quarter. Like, I need to do this better. Or, like, the last game of the JV game, I said, you're either all in or you're not. And I was thinking about that because we are we just making stupid mistakes. And I said, oh, no, you're not. And we ended up winning the fourth quarter. Uh, yeah, and we, we lost our quarterback. The only quarterback we had, we were stuck with two wide receivers, that quarterback, and trying to find different ways to make it work. And uh, the offensive coordinator that game did great. And uh, we ended up taking a lead to start the fourth quarter. And then we ended up picking off a jet sweep pass that the other team tried to go. in the corner a bit. And he's thing back. And the Fortunately, the ball was under the throw and he went up, took it. it we had about seven minutes left. We didn't score. We were up 22-16, but we took five minutes off the clock and pinned them inside the 30. And we were hoping to get a field goal, but we took a sack or something. And I turned to the OC and I went, go for the end zone. So, yeah. So that was just sort of that kind of thing. But yeah, I'm, I'm usually, yeah. But to go to question, I'm, I'm all rolled up on the night of the pack is ready to go. I just have to flip the switch. All
0: right, your favorite type of dessert. If you're gonna have a dessert, what are you gonna have? What
2: are you going to do? Oh, and anything, anything. Cake. Okay. I I I have a new appreciation in my life when I heard this sort of thing by Irma Bombeck, which I got from a British TV show, by the way. called QI. Uh what happened to the host would say something at the end of the show. And said, and she said, see the day. Yeah, you never know what's gonna happen. Um, think of all the ladies who waved the dessert on a Titanic who waved away the dessert cut. So enjoy some time. I love cake. I love going to crumble cookies. I love going to, I have, I have a cookie sandwich. with my snack every day. I mean, I'm, I have a monstrous pizza. And I kind of wish I can go bake a cake right now. <laughs> um, chocolate, vanilla, strawberry frosting, whatever. Give me Give me a cake. Not,
1: I did not think that the this the question of my dessert would lead to a Titanic. No. no.
2: <laughs> I am I am a very weird person. Okay, you you will never know what you get with me. Uh, and I think that and, and, yeah. I
1: I know where this is going because of the British TV, but I, I'll just keep going. What what's your favorite TV show to binge watch?
2: Hmm. I I sort of just pick different shows that I want to, and it's going to be usually a crime show. I love watching true crime documentaries, and to do with, like, psychology. Um, I I like watching Mythbusters. Like, I'm watching that again. Whatever helps me to be a little bit smarter at the end of the day, I'm usually going to watch it. It's usually a documentary, doc biography, true crime. I'm very interested in crime. I'd macabre at uh, the town. So awesome. I'm very different things.
0: That's awesome. Well, coach, uh, we can't thank you enough for joining us. This was an awesome episode. I mean, your energy is so contagious. It's great. And I like the fact that we just, you know, we got, we got it off of some different topics and it was so much, so much fun. So thank you so much for joining us.
2: Uh, I really appreciate you guys having me on. Like I said, you guys have some great guests on, and it's a, it's a humbling experience to, to have been included in a, in a group and to be with you guys. Uh, um, I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you for listening to another episode of the After the Timeout podcast hosted by Todd Zazadil and John Plicky. For more show content and upcoming episodes, follow us on Twitter at After the Out, or subscribe to our podcast for upcoming episodes. For show inquiries, you can email us at afterthetimeout at gmail.com. You can find all of our previous episodes on Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts by searching After the Timeout. We appreciate you listening. Tune in next time for more coaching content in-game, out of the game, and anything in between.